you have to be careful not to marry your feelings about Joe Rogan to what you think of this place that you've never been. You know? And, yeah, because the, the, the club is the club is its own thing. It, it, you know, Joe owns it, but it's not like... <laughs> like, some, some people think we all just lock ourselves in there and then all the white people say nigga as much as they want. And, and we all give them, you know gold stars for pronunciation and then we all that's when we walk all out like that like it's a secret racism club welcome back to bs with brian simpson episode 55 uh don't forget don't forget if you uh if you want any, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, you want advice from the advice champ, email us at bswithbriansimpson at gmail.com or you can call us at 323-451-1980 or if you're technologically uh, not not as savvy, you can make a voice note and send it to us uh, in the email. Um, if you want tickets to the tour dates, go to briansimpsoncomedy.com. Again, this weekend I'll be in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, at the Comedy Zone. Get those tickets at BrandsomComedy.com. And uh, in a few weeks, I'll be at the Comedy Zone in Greensboro, North Carolina. So, yeah, those tickets are on sale now. Also, don't forget to check out the Josh Parter Show and uh, Apocalypse Soon with Eddie Pepitone and Kevin Tink. And also Comedy Frequency at ComedyFrequency.com. How you doing today, Rob? I'm doing great. Yeah? The elephant in the room... Uh, the comedy mothership opened a couple weeks ago, and some people are upset about it. <laughs> Those people are upset about it already. This is crazy to me. Um, um, the the this is an article from the Hollywood Reporter. You know, the bastion of journalism. Um, it says Joe Rogan opens an anti cancel culture club in Austin. That's a weird way to. That's a weird way to to, to describe it to describe a comedy club. Um, the f- Okay, do I even need to read this? The first uh, the first words in the article are unvaxxed sperm, in quotation marks, which <laughs> is, it says unvaxxed sperm reads the poster held aloft by a woman standing outside the theater, and you know you're in the right place. Um, it's, it's, it's so crazy to, to come to downtown Austin on 6th Street and quote the signs of crazy people. Crazy. It's, it's like, that, that has nothing to do with the club. Anyway, um, it's like going to Hollywood Boulevard and talking about the signs there. It's like the, it's, yeah, some, some people it's, have these weird polarizing takes. I, and I've seen I've seen some of the takes. I try to avoid like reading comments and reading retweets, but you know, but when you you know, some of them just come across your your purview if you're scrolling on things, right? Or some shit gets sent to me, and it's so weird to me that um, it's so weird to me that. People that have never been to the place have these like strong opinions about what it is and what it ain't and what it could be or what it couldn't be. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and uh, and I think that you have to be careful not to marry your feelings about Joe Rogan to what you think of this place that you've never been. You know? And, and, yeah, because the, the, the club is... The club is its own thing. It, it, you know, Joe owns it, but it's not like <laughs> like some some people think we all just lock ourselves in there and then all the white people say nigga as much as they want. 
and and we all give them you know gold stars for pronunciation, and then we all that's when we walk all out like that. Like it's a secret racism club, you know, or or just anti. It's nothing like that at all. I mean, because <clears throat> I don't know what to call. Uh, I don't know what to call the opposite of whatever this is, you know, like like uh, uh, or I saw another article that was the, the, instead of anti cancel culture, they called it you know anti woke, um, which is a weird, also a weird term, because <sighs> you know some people say woke, like woke means a whole bunch of things now. I used to my whole time growing up, woke was like, hey, you know, stay aware, keep your head on the swivel, be aware of the history and all that. And and now it means like four or five different things. Like some people say woke and they still mean that, right? And some people say woke and they mean cancel culture. And some people say woke and they mean niggas, you know? And it's just a way for them to be, it's like, it's like thug. It's a way for them, it's a dog whistle so they can get away with saying racist shit. And people, whenever people say that, it, they never define what it is. They never define what they mean by it. Well, there was that just recently that um, that video that went viral where she asked the lady to define it. Yeah, yeah define woke on it. Was it MSNBC or CNN? One of those. It, that was so bizarre. It was so bizarre that that, that she couldn't because if, if I'm not mistaken, that lady's whole career is like she she blew up from writing a book about anti-wokeness or whatever right yeah but it's just it's just culture war horseshit it's just it's just these people who make a name for themselves doing this stuff it's like the matt walsh thing where he was on rogan and they said you know well how many of these surgeries are happening and he's like millions <laughs> and then they like jamie looked it up and it's like yeah it's like less than four thousand <laughs> over the last like five years or something and it's like well this is the guy that is the self-proclaimed expert on this and he was off as off as you could be yeah right yeah. And then this woman is like, well, can you define woke? And she's like, well, this is going to go viral, but not really. I don't, can't do it in 15 <laughs> seconds. And then her comeback was like, well, we'll give you longer than 15 seconds. And she still couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, that seems like the sort of thing that even if, you, if, even if you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about, I mean, let alone you wrote a book on it. You you have to have that one in the chamber. Yeah, you gotta have that one loaded up. Like it seems like, and even if you like, even if you like, you woke up that morning and you forgot everything in the book. You just have very, very, very precise amnesia. Yeah, you should still be able to wing it. Yeah, yeah, I, you know because because that just goes to show you, man. A lot of these people don't mean they don't mean the stuff they're saying. It's a grift. It's a grift. Because let me tell you something. If I could stop you on the street and go, hey, the thing you hate the most, describe it to me. You, we would be standing there. We'd be talking for 5, 10, 15 minutes. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hesitate right. at all. You know right. what I mean? I could, I could always describe uh, the things I hate. <laughs> um, but well, Brian, do you, do, so do you think this is an, is this an anti-woke club? No, no. I think <laughs> because the article, I'm, I mean – they quote they quote something Roseanne actually did say on that night, and I think it's a very interesting point. You know, you can think she batshit crazy, or she's lost it, or she's this or that. But I think all those things. But yes. but Roseanne, but but Roseanne be speaking. She don't be bullshitting. You know what I mean? She really mean the shit she be saying. Uh, 
And she she said she said a real interesting thing because she might be all those things, right? But she said <clears throat> it's funny how the people that uh, was it NBC or ABC? I just think it was NBC. Uh, the, but the, NBC? The, the, the people at his network who she had to fight tooth and nail for decades to have uh, people of color ABC. and LGBTQ people with representation on TV. How she had to fight them tooth and nail, even as the star of the show. And then she fucked up one time, and they and they call her racist. Like the same people turn around and, and you know it's like because th- that's what I mean is is this whole it's this it's this uh, it's this liberal idea that that because you're on the left that you not that you not racist or discriminatory. You know, like I, and like I said, the people you're accusing might be whatever you're saying, but you're not better than them. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's I think um, I think it, we try to put a face to we try to put a face to the bullshit. You know, this club is just a comedy club. I ain't never hear no, I ain't seen nobody get pulled to the side and go, "Hey, man, you know we we don't say woke woke stuff in here." You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that's a that's a weird that's a weird thing to say. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's like this is a club where you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. Because I think a lot of clubs, uh, this is really just a Hollywood problem, to be honest with you. <laughs> a lot of clubs and a lot of institutions in the in the show business world, they they're trying to control what is um, what is acceptable. They're trying to control. They're trying to. They don't want to take risks, so which is where the good shit comes from. So they. It's just a sanitized comedy. In what way, though? Like, like lay it out for somebody like me who's not a stand-up comedian. Have you ever been told by a comedy club owner, like, "Hey, you can't say that in here," or how is that? How how are how how? No, I'm I'm talking about in terms of in terms of who they book and what they think that says about them. You know, and it's all very controversial. I mean, it's I mean, it's all very. none of it's very exacting but it's like if you are if you have enough negative press or enough uh controversy around you then they want to separate themselves from you as much as possible which is but then their true colors get revealed if you can sell tickets see because that's what it all boils down to it all boils down to, to to it all boils down to making money or not making money. Well, that that's why I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that you can separate comedy mothership from Joe Rogan himself. Obviously, they're not the same entity, but I don't know if you can entirely separate them into two distinct things because everybody knows that comedy mothership is Joe Rogan's club. He was able to uh, purchase that building and and uh renovate it uh because of the money he made on his podcast um it has a lot of attention because it's joe rogan's well uh, well, i'm I'm not not saying you gotta you gotta separate the two completely in your mind but i'm just talking about i think a lot of people have prejudged what the venue is based on how they feel about joe which is and they're wrong about a lot of things um because, well, because lay, those, lay, lay those are me. two separate things. Like, what kind of comedy club it is has nothing to do with him in terms of his views or what he would say. It's like, we don't have to say what he would say. No no comedy, no comic that's walked in that club, no comic that's actually performed at this club has bad things to say about it. 
None. Yeah, no, but no. But 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 aren't you aren't you saying exactly what some people are saying about this? You're saying you're you're saying that this comedy club is different from other comedy clubs. Right, but it's 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 different in the way that it's 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 pro comic. In other words, like, and 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 that is by design. That is that is directly connected to the fact that Joe Rogan opened it, honestly. But what I mean by that is every other comedy club has to survive. So they make decisions based on what they think will help them survive. So that's why that's why it appears as though they're inconsistent about who's canceled or who can perform or who's banned and, or, or any of that stuff. Because at the end of the day, they got to make money. You know, or they or right. they they don't want protests or or whatever the fuck, right? But this club doesn't have to worry about any of that, you know, b- because the on- the owner of the club is already very very rich. He doesn't have to like, you you know, like I remember the, the the first comedy club I worked at. I remember you know I walking around the club thinking, man, we need this, we need that, and I'll never forget one day the owner had bought. He bought like two big screen TVs because he wanted to turn one of the little rooms into like a like a little like Italian restaurant thing to like sell food during the day to like make extra money. Sure. And um and then I remember that same night I was hosting the show and we didn't have a backup microphone. Our mic went out. And we had to send somebody, I mean, mad dash scramble to go buy a microphone. And that's what I mean is like you know, normal comedy club owners have to like cut corners and scrimp and blah 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 to make a profit this club doesn't have to do that so everything is very comedian centric not to say that the audience there's not a bad seat in the house but just the thought the thoughtfulness behind everything it has nothing to do with uh with the comedy or what or any restrictions or anything put on the comedy itself i'm when i say it's it's different from every comedy club i'm talking about you know all the little things, the 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 you know the layout, the seating, the green room, the sound system, top notch, you know the, you know all the little things that a club that a normal club might have to go cheap on, or skimp on, or maybe not necessarily get the best thing on. This club don't is not restricted by any of that. So everything is the best it can be as far as at least at least it's the best that the people working for Joe know of. You know, I'm sure they're not all audio files and. Uh, but do you, but do you think experts or whatever? But do you think that the comedy mothership would book com- uh, comedians who can't get booked elsewhere? Um, I think so. I mean, because listen, Adam, because would, wouldn't that make it? Wouldn't that make it? A, I mean, I, I assuming that they are being canceled for quote-unquote wokeness reasons which i think we're talking about the pc version of woke then doesn't that make it the anti-woke comedy club um i don't i don't think it positions itself as that you know i mean you can call it that i i think it's just sure well well because because it started out as just comedy clubs and whatever you describe as woke happened so I would I would I would call this just a return to normalcy of just the funniest people go up. That's what it is. Yeah, but you're still you're still operating, you're still adopting 
a framework that's being imposed on it from the outside. You're still you're saying that this is a return to something that has been warped or altered by market forces that that it is in the economic best interests of the vast majority of comedy clubs that need to just make a profit however they can that they have to abide by some sort of shifting definition of like what's allowed and what's not that that's the wokeness that we're talking about and now you're saying that well because the comedy mothership has essentially a wealthy philanthropist right right of comedy running it it doesn't have to abide by Anything. the market force the the woke defined market forces of the comedy club right mm. so so it is anti-woke in that sense and that it doesn't have to care about wokeness i, I mean I, yeah but you know what i mean rob framing framing it as anti-woke the the implications of that are that because what what these people mean when they say that they're not they don't mean what you're saying Okay. They're trying to make it controversial. They're trying to start an argument about it, you know, like like. There, uh, so the difference between let, let, let me let me throw this out here, and, and you tell me if you agree with how I'm framing it here. That there's a difference between something being just like it's kind of the difference between like non woke versus anti woke, like like the notion that like if it's a non-woke comedy club it's like well we just don't give a shit about the stuff that the other comedy clubs have to care about because we're right, independently right. funded right versus anti-woke is like anti-woke is its own brand like uh i i'll drop the link in the show notes no, I, for the I article and, but, may, and listen there definitely will there there definitely may be and people comedians performing there that would call themselves anti-woke yeah the, i mean do you the think club, the club itself doesn't make those distinctions the same listen the same person right. that was booking the comedy store when i started working there books this place so that mm -hmm. that right there should tell you all you need to know about what sort of uh Did adam eget yeah adam eget. yeah so it's like i mean would you call the comedy store an anti-woke comedy club i don't i don't i don't think i would call it that no but i would i would actually say it's probably non-woke if we're using that terminology, I mean, I don't think that. Well, what about now? He doesn't work there now. What do you think it is now? No, he doesn't work there now. Um, the Booker over at Comedy Store is great. I mean, but would you uh, call I, the I, club? I, would you call the club anti woke or non woke? I don't think because that's the thing. Is like no other club has to define themselves in those terms. Why? 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 When they write about this club, what? It's it's immediately like about that. Because they think they can stir up controversy, they think this headline can stir up controversy. Well, yeah, that's the that's the reality. So the no, reality no is like, that I, you know, I visited the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. You know the uh, you know the <laughs> anti-Semitic club. You know the pro or the the pro-Palestine club, and they don't they don't talk like that. You know. Y yes and no. I mean, I I do agree with you to a certain to a certain extent. I think that. Because that, that, that you are you are short selling. Oh, go ahead. Because I, I think at some point, because because what what aspersions does that cast on, on on the people? Like if you start listing the people that have performed there, that argument falls completely apart. It's like nobody. Uh, I mean, would you consider uh, me anti woke or no? Right. Or, but if you look at look at look at the opening night lineup, it's like Joe Rogan. 
Roseanne, Tony Hinchcliffe, David Lucas. Am I missing somebody um, from the opening? Probably, yeah. But I would I would describe all four of those comedians as having because because it, it happens on the other side too, right? It's like yes, the the comedy clubs they have a financial interest in you know not necessarily booking um, acts that are seen as canceled or or whatever because some, they don't some, want some the people heat are, some that. people are radioactive some people are radioactive but yeah. i would say that that a lot of comedians then in turn they make their brand an, partly anti-woke like joe rogan not so much necessarily his, his stand-up but, but, you know, but in this recently, context by woke you mean cancel culture like it's anti. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I, yeah, we're we're all we're all in the like right now. I think the whole conversation is in terms of woke as a sort of modern day interpretation or evolution of PC culture, which I think is uh, honestly like a pretty awful left wing attempt at being left wing without any sort of like critical uh material analysis no, of I people's circumstances yeah. so so but but i so i think i think that on one hand you have people who promote wokeness because it's easier than actually like dealing with difficult political problems is like you just cancel people who aren't woke enough for you or whatever. But then on the other hand, you also have comedians and other creators who make a name for themselves by being anti-woke. There's always going to be there's always going to be money in that, right? Right. Like you look at just recently Jim Brewer and Brian Callen and Nick DiPaolo all got hired by Steven Crowder, right? And it's like they've all just gone all in on the on the you know, they don't really want or can't get general audiences now. All their comedy is just anti-PC. It's just all the same anti-PC horse shit from the uh, 1990s. All those, people, all, the, all those people comedians? Is Crowder a comedian? Does he Crowder consider considers, he considers himself a comedian. I would consider him more, I mean, he's more of just a pod, just a straight up podcaster. He's a failed comedian. You can go see his, his stand-up from past years. It's pretty, so it's like, he's like a Dave Rubin. Uh, you know, Dave Rubin started out as a stand-up comedian. Before he became a, you know, a professional, why I left the lefter. Mm. Um, but so, so I. But to go back, to go back, because I don't want to, I don't want to go off a tangent of um, those fucking hack comedians. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compare Jim Brewer to fucking Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe's actually funny. Uh, David Lucas is actually funny. You know. So, but but I would say that a big part of maybe not David Lucas, but certainly Tony Hinchcliffe, is he gets a rise out of people by saying shit on stage that you're quote-unquote not supposed to say, right? right? He's definitely anti-PC. Let, let's just say let's just say PC instead of woke. Just, we, people know what we're talking about. But, like, but, but Tony, Hinchcliffe is de Tony Hinchcliffe is definitely an anti-PC comedian, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think I would say that. Yeah, yeah, and I would say the same thing about Joe Rogan. I think a lot of his stand-up nowadays is is. But I see, is, things is, are crazy, I think, man. I think every comedian is anti-PC, though. I, it, I think what different what changes is what you define as too far. 
Like people don't, no one's upset because because everyone holds their upsetness to the to the point where it bothers them. You know, because mm-hmm. every yeah. every comedian wants to be able to say what they saying. Sure, of course. You know what I mean. And then as soon as they get to the point where it starts fucking with what they can say, then they have a problem with it. Then it's then it's like oh PC culture, you know. But what? Well, yeah, I, I but I I'm 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 trying to clarify between two different things. I think there is a I think there is a distinction. There's a distinction between the the vast majority of comedians. Number one are going to temperamentally be anti PC, but also they have a vested interest in being anti PC because that materially threatens comedians and creators and artists if uh, society or the government starts saying, you okay, here are these things that you can't talk about. Obviously, that they have a vested interest in being against that. But there are people, there, there are comedians who never talk about politics, never talk about wokeness, never talk about left-wing, right-wing, never talk about the topics of... PC culture, regardless of what their personal beliefs or personal interests might be for or against um, political correctness, right? Right. So, so I think that I think that the association, I think the fact that Joe Rogan has, especially since COVID, like built a very bankable brand around anti-PC, anti-wokeness, that you can't fully separate his ownership of this club from that very public persona that he's fostered and monetized. Yeah, but right? I mean, look, if he if Joe Rogan opened a sandwich shop, people wouldn't go, you know, these are anti-woke sandwiches. You know, they would go, they would go. It's like, the the first of all the opening night lineup is a, was a Joe Rogan and Friends show. Those are his friends, right. and those were the most famous of his friends that were in town that night. Sure, but there's been there's been like twenty five lineups since then. But you can't compare sandwiches to stand up. Well, well, no. One, one of them is an artistic outlet where you're where you're 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 making statements and you're you're making arguments and you're making people laugh and everything, and the other is a sandwich. Yeah, but that, that's the that's a red herring. My 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 point is, my point is, you can't assume what this club is just because it's owned by Joe Rogan. There's because here's my thing: is if you're a journalist, there are shows you can go see mm. to determine what it is. You know what I mean? So for you to before it even opens to go, this is what it has to be because it's owned by Joe Rogan. It's kind of that's that has more to do with your obsession with Joe Rogan. You know, I mean, now this person went to the, they, or at least they claim they went to the first show. Like, but like I said, there's yeah. been 25 shows since then. You know, so so it's a, you know, I mean, listen, it, you can, it, I don't have a problem with you calling it. You know, if, if I don't control how people see things, you know, it's like if you want to, if <laughs> yeah. you want to call yeah, it yeah. an anti-cancel culture, fine. You know, because it, it, uh, I think they say that about everybody that's funny. You know, they 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 call them controversial or they call them whatever. They make up a buzzword or they apply an already existing one to you. You know, but I I just think it's silly. I think it's uh, the 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 obsession some people have with. Uh, 
with making Rogan the face of some something they hate already. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to me. You know, the club is awesome. If you if you want to if you if you if you're a comedy fan, come to the club. If you're a comedian, you're gonna love it. And that's the truth. Every every comic has loved it. Every audience person has loved it, except for that one dude that got probably. I think he got arrested. Probably motherfucker pulled the fire alarm or something crazy. Oh Jesus Christ, that's uh, insane. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's well, a, no, the 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 club itself looks fucking dope. Cause, and because here's 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 the funny shit about it, Rob. Yeah. This is what I mean. The people that are the, the some of the people have a real huge problem with this club that is like I and I've went over all the other things before. The comics get health care and way more pay and all this other stuff. And right when the club opened, they started the they started attacking the place. Right. And it just so happened sure. that this club opened the same week that South by Southwest opened, who saw, who all of these same people fucking worship. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And South by Southwest. Wait, what do you mean? Who 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 were they worship? The, the South by Southwest. It's like a, it's it's a you know it's one of the big festivals in the art. No, but what, but what do you mean? There's all the same people. Like like sorry, I mean, I, I, I interrupted. I, I didn't understand what you were. talking I mean, a about, lot of the same people that hate. A lot of the same people that that use Joe Rogan as a virtual signal, like because you know in certain circles how much you hate Joe Rogan ingratiates you to the to the pack. You know, it's it's the same way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same yeah, yeah. thing fucking conservatives do with George Soros or whatever the fuck, right? Or wh- whoever that sure. billionaire is. It's so it's like so a lot of these same people love South by Southwest because it's in you know it's indie films and it's real artists shit. Oh, I see. And, what you're right, saying. and South by Southwest, South by Southwest charges they charge people I think fifty five dollars to apply. And then your pay is a hundred dollars for you, or two fifty for a band, or a pass to the festival. So you get to choose between getting paid almost nothing, or a pass to the festival that you're that you're performing at. Mm-hmm. That's how they pay people, and you don't. And none of these motherfuckers have anything to say about that. And, they, and both things started at the same time. Both things opened the same day or the same week. And there's and there's. There's a there's a I don't know what the fuck the name of the union is, but this artist union performers united or whatever the fuck they are. This whole this whole last two weeks protesting South by Southwest for this very reason. And you and so my my point is it's like are you, is your obsession with like uh is your obsession with proving how liberal you are by shitting on something so. Is it so consuming that you walk right past the actual thing that you have a problem with, or you say you do? You know what I mean? One hundred percent understand. That's exactly what I was talking about. Where I think a lot of the, a lot of the, because there are people who are pro, there are people who are pro PC, like as in, or pro woke in the PC sense of the term, right? They're in the same way that there are the people who are like fifty percent of all drone airstrike pilots should be women type shit where it's like it's like they they are obsessed with the appearance of liberalism or the appearance of left-wing politics but they really don't the appearance of left-wing politics that's what you left the appearance off. of left-wing politics as opposed to the substance of left-wing politics right, right. it's the it's the it's the people who will uh earmark five hundred thousand dollars to paint black lives matters 
on the fucking main street t- right. uh, hard top, right? But but then but then they'll turn around and they'll also uh, sign a bill giving another billion dollars to the police. Right. Or, they'll you know call, I mean? or they'll call the police on a black man that's just walking down the street. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They'll wear. They'll have a. They'll have a sign in front of their house that says, "In this house, we believe that all women, that women are women, and that see, that my, all black thing. lives matter, and yada yada yada." And then, as soon as they see like somebody with dark skin walking around outside, they're on the phone with nine one one. Yeah, this is why social media is destroying us. It we there, because <clears throat> I think because we know we know that it's true that if you if you ask people how they feel about certain ideas separate mm-hmm. from the politics and the buzzwords around those ideas, right? Yeah. Most people agree with the sensible shit. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's almost like, you remember, you remember that it was an old town hall meeting with Obama and the subject of like gun, gun law, gun control came up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, and he broke it down perfectly. Like he was like, do you think this? People are like, yeah. Do you think that? Yeah. It's like, well, that's what the bill was, you know. But right. it's like, but it's like, you get the if you call it gun control, it, people go, oh, because that's a buzzword, and we have a, I've already picked a side. But but if I ask you, hey, do you think somebody was with a with a schizophrenia should be able to get a buy a gun? People are like, no. They're like, okay, well, let me let me put this in the legislation, and then and then, but then all the buzzwords come around it, and people are like, I'm against it, vote against. You know what I mean? Right. And, and and as long as like I, I I would love to ask people what they think about things without them being able to go on Twitter or go on and to see what the correct thing like what is like what's your raw thoughts? You don't have to have the right answer. But what is right. what's your raw emotions? We but we but a lot of times we don't even have chan- a chance to do that. By the time you wake any new issue that comes up, by the time you wake up in the morning, there's already fifty fucking pundits and talking heads tweeting about it that already told you what to think about it you know yeah there's already a constellation of three or four perspectives that you're yeah, that's why i love this lady, to have uh, i don't know her i forget her oh nina turner you ever follow her you know her? oh yeah she's great she is unapologetic she says the same thing every single fucking day on twitter the same thing she is not wavered not once she like everyone deserves water clean water Food and livable wage and housing, and pe- and people. These are controversial opinions for some reason, and 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 it was it was so funny because I remember when the train crash happened that released the chemicals we talked about a few episodes ago, right? You know, uh, there were a lot of liberals that were like, "Yeah, that's what they deserve. They voted. They voted for Trump over there, and so fuck them." And she came back like, "No." Everyone, regardless of wrong. who they voted for, deserves. Wrong. Huh? No, I say she she came in. She's like wrong. Yeah, wrong, because that, because wrong that, that's what I mean. It's like, are you so are you so obsessed with owning the right? Because I think, listen, I think a lot of the things that people on the right think are stupid. I think a lot of it is intellectually inconsistent. I think a lot of it is counterproductive. But they still people. I'm not so obsessed with teaching them a lesson that I want their kids to get po- have poison drink water. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 and some people are like, there are like, because this lady Nina, she she doesn't, because people expected her after 
after getting on Twitter every single day for I don't know how many years, going everyone deserves clean drinking water, living wage, a, a, a food, a, you know, an uncontaminated food supply, housing, and people expected her to really go accept these people. Like just this one time, after being consistent all this time to go fuck those people over there because they voted against the things that I'm saying, and I, and I, I think that's most like we're we're so caught up in this whole fucking bullshit of you're putting all our energy in the things we hate instead of putting any energy at all into something that we actually support. You know, it's like if you don't support it, don't don't fucking buy shit. But but why? But imagine if you put the effort that you put into into tearing shit down, if you just put half of that effort into building something up that you really like or that you really believe. Yeah, but it's... Have you ever seen the documentary Century of the Self? No. Have you ever heard of that documentary? It's it's about, you know, who Edward Bernays is? Mm-mm. He was uh, Sigmund Freud's nephew. He lived in America, and he basically invented public relations as an industry. Um, and... And he was the one who figured out that you could convert America from a society of needs into a society of desires. Because the problem in like post-industrial United States was that it was so cheap and easy to produce things that the fear was like, well, we're just going to make so much stuff that there's nobody to sell it to because you can only wear so many shoes, you can only... You know, you you only live in one house. You don't need more than one car. Yada yada yada. So what he what he realized based off of Freud's work was he's like, well, yeah, but that assumes that human beings are rational, economic creatures, and they're not. Most human um, decisions are based off of pre rational or sub rational animalistic urges, yeah. and so. You can advertise things that people don't need, but you can make them want them. And what that eventually evolved into was modern politics, where you no longer say, okay, here's what I here's what I believe. Here are the here are the processes that I wanna that I wanna implement to get there. And then here's my rational argument for why that's gonna work. All you do is you just say, like, hey, people that are like X want this thing that I'm talking about. And then politics becomes an act of, voting for part, you know, one party becomes an act of consolidating your identity and performing who you think you are rather than addressing material issues that a citizenry has, you know? It becomes about owning the libs or owning the conservatives rather than like actually trying to solve problems that have real practical solutions. See, I think you know what it is. I think I fit. I figured that out on my own. Like I, I uh, I'm on a mission to make bidets a black thing. <laughs> I support this mission. Just because, one hundred percent. Because listen, here's the thing. So many things in the black community, we we we've been put in a bind with a lot of things by labeling certain sh- stuff white people shit. So then we don't do it, and even if that's the best thing to do or the better thing to do. We still, we don't do it because it's like a, it's like an affront to our cultural identity. So it's like, mm-hmm. in bidets, it's not white people shit. And I'm trying to make it a black thing before it's too late. You know? Because we, we, it's it's better. It's better. And we already lost it. You know? 
Um, Maybe um, because the Japanese are really into bidets. Maybe that's an in. Maybe we can turn it into like a cool Japanese thing. That's the thing. I feel like I've told this story on the pod before, but 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 bidets, not bidets. So the bidet is just the bidet is just the part that squirts water in you, right? That Mm -hmm. obviously that was invented in France, but the but the washlet, right, which is the attachment in the because the, a bidet is a separate like thing right but the washlet the the electronic toilet seat the attachment that was invented in america and i forget the guy's name but he um but he he initially invented it for his elderly parents and the problem is he had a hard time talking about uh about he had his hard time t- talking to people about their parents feces Mm-hmm. And so the idea was bought from by, from him by Toto, the the which is now like the number one washlet company in the world. So it was it was actually an American invention, and now it's it's you know it's now it's colloquially referred to as the Japanese toilet seat, but it's actually an American toilet seat. I'm trying to save America's booties because if I make it a black thing, and I make it such a black thing that rappers start talking about it, then it's going to become mm-hmm. cool, and then. It's gonna trickle throughout society because black people decide what's cool. And once bidets become cool, you know, even if you know, I I think once everybody's walking around with cleaner assholes, it, it people will be calmer. You know, like once it's to the point where it's like, because my problem now is I have nice one. I have a nice one in my house, and when I travel. I don't have nice ones, so I wanted to be so. Because when I went to um, when I went to uh, uh, London, stayed in a nice hotel. There was bidets in the hotel because it's so it's so not controversial over there. It's continental, Brian. Right, but here it's like if you didn't buy it, it ain't gonna be one. If you know, no matter right. where the fuck you go, it ain't. You can stay in the nicest hotel in the, in the United States, and there's not a bidet in there. There's a, you know, it's just a regular toilet, which is fine. Regular toilets are fine, I guess, but it's not the best thing. And what? So, women. This so this speaks to a larger discussion. Why don't we do the best things? Because that's that's my thing. Is like, because this goes back to what I was originally trying to say before. Um, uh, why aren't like? Don't you want to be? Like, think about this. Saudi Arabia, which is the actual richest country in the world, right? Like, they have, you know, think think about this. There are no homeless people in Saudi Arabia. Did you know that? There are zero homeless people in Saudi Arabia. Because the king is like, oh, I have hundreds of trillions of dollars. Like, I don't want to see this shit. And they were like, well, what do you want to do, sir? He's like, oh, we'll just build them a house. He's like, oh, we don't have no way to build them a house. It's like, okay, look, motherfucker. He's like, go Grab sand from the other side of the country and f- and make land right here and then build these motherfuckers' houses. That's what they would do. Because it's the richest country. They're the richest country in the world, right? We, and we, we're second, for sure. But, the, you know, the Saudi royal family is the richest. They're the richest people. Come on. Like, we don't know how much money they got, but that's how, but, and we never will. But it's obvious. Like, they, they rich as fuck. You know, they, you know, so... So like some of the even though they have they have a lot of cultural social problems, 
they they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of the like the solution to a lot of the obvious problems. If the if the solution to the problem is money, they got it solved over there. And we we yeah. are the richest democratic country in the world. And when the solution to the problem is money, we still can't solve it. Isn't that crazy? Right. Like we our government right now is they're they're arguing over how are we going to take care of old folks in the future? You know, and they arguing over uh, whether it's ethical to give children school lunches and shit like that. Well, it's like, like we ain't got money. Like, because <laughs> cause I, could, I could understand if these things were breaking us. But, but right. ask yourself why we don't do the best things. Because I would love to go to some other country and brag. I would love to be confused. Like, wait a minute. So people live on the street here? And y'all got three three empty houses for <laughs> for every person that live on the street. What, what, uh, give them a house. Uh, we you know we don't want. If you them. fall down and break your arm, you gotta pay somebody to like put it in a cast. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might have to lose <laughs> you might have to lose your house that we didn't give you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's it seems it, it would seem to me like I said if I could se- if you could separate it all from politics and ask people what they truly think about certain things i think more people would agree you know where it's like because i hear so many people complain about the homeless people in austin and in every big city people complain about the homeless people like it's um like it's an infestation like it's something we can't do something about you know it's it's like the article on one page is talking about how rent is being jacked up and it's getting unaffordable and and the cost of living and inflation, and then the next article is talking about the homeless problem, and they and they don't connect the two things. They think it's they think it's like a like a separate thing. So when you ask, when you ask people that complain about the homeless, when you ask them, okay, um, well, what do you want to do about it? They're confused because it's a. I, I need to get this guest on here. It's a very tricky political thing, right? Because the left and the right think they have the solution, and they're all they're both wrong. You know, it, it's like uh, the solution is more because because here's the thing: unless you house everyone, the housing isn't going to work. Unless you unless the policy is everybody gets somewhere to live, then right. housing becomes a, a for profit scam, which is what we're doing right now. Which was what they, that's what they were doing in L.A. when I was homeless. It was a pro. It was a for profit scam disguised as a non profit charity. But it's really it's really just another way to take money from the neediest people, right? And then and I guess well, I that, guess but that's that's also just because the the concept of neoliberalism as the ultimate end all be all final form of human flourishing <laughs> arose in the late seventies, early eighties, and we still have not unburdened ourselves of that misconception right so that even even people on the left in especially like britain and the u.s even on the left you have to talk in the language of capitalism you have to talk uh, in the language of like efficiency you can't just give people you can't you know you can't just uh uh pay for people's school because it's important for people to be educated and that's like that's a that's a 
that's a good thing for human beings to get for like their own uh, self-actualization. It has to be like, oh no, we're training people to be workers, right? We, you have to talk about things in economic terms, even from the left. And it completely binds us where we, we can't just speak honestly about what needs to be done. These people have no homes. They need a place to live. We have to turn it into, we have to turn it into a government subsidized business where we give grants to nonprofits to operate real estate that's in a trust or an investment, you know what I mean? It's like it's, right, right, it's, and then we don't do anything to make sure that none of any of it's. We don't do anything to make sure it's actually helping anyone. Right. Yeah. Right. Nope. I get it because guess because then guess what the business has to be. You know, I I I, I that's why I, I think I, I think from this moment forward I'm full cynic. I'm full cynic. I think it's all going downhill. I think we this is the last we're the, we're going to be the last generation of grandparents. We're going to have kids, and our kids might have kids, but those kids ain't going to be adults. It's going to be a wrap way before that. You know? Because we, we talked about this. We we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about the world's problems. You know? Mostly because I think a lot of it's funny. Um, because it's, <laughs> it's very it's very self-inflicted. You know? Um, America is the is the is the... Uh, it's the country equivalent of like the the cowboy with shaky hands that shoots himself in the foot all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but those are just those are just the the internal. Those are like the self caused problems. That that a lot of our problems are caused by the concept of money that we made up. That's not even cons- considering like the existential problems. The, from the external existential problems, you know, you know, like extinction level events, viruses, you know, like pandemics, meteors, solar flares, um, goddamn the sun going red giant, uh, uh, coronal mass ejections, um, uh, gamma ray bursts, fucking rogue black holes, super volcanoes. You know what I mean? Like all right. that shit is also happening. Climate change. All that shit is also happening at the same time <laughs> that we continue to uh, to perpetuate the problems that we've caused. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess you could argue we did cause a lot of global, uh, climate change, but I mean, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. The the made up problems that come from the way we 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 choose to distribute wealth are the least of our problems, and we ain't anywhere near solving those motherfuckers. I mean, right now, wasn't a weren't the banks supposed to collapse uh, yesterday or today? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that yet. Woo! I don't even know what that means. I mean, I don't even know how because, <laughs> how we even end up. I mean, so does that mean we don't have money or we have money? Speaking of which, well, we do have money. How do we have money? Because uh, our sponsor, <laughs> our sponsor, gives us money. Um. Welcome, welcome. Our sponsor is Sheath, right? Dude, I br- no, listen, this is real talk. You, maybe you can cut this into the ad or whatever. But I swear, I I swear all my underwear are going are gonna to be Sheath from now on. I mean, the idea, because the, the Sheath I have, I don't know what they sent to everybody else. 
But there's a hole for your dick and a hole for your balls. So there's a pouch. Mm -hmm. I'm saying a hole. There's a pouch for your balls and a pouch for your package in these drawers. And it just feels right. It's like bidets. It's like the first time I use them, it's like, oh, what? Of course this is how I should be doing this. It's the same way. It's like I don't want any more underwear on that don't have pockets for my balls and my dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sent me – anyway, it just it just came in such handy this weekend because my, my balls were, shaped, were, were chafing. I think it's something about going from, like, wet to dry to wet to dry. But my balls were, like, chafing. And right when I was like, man, put on my sheet, man. Like, thank God. And that's the thing, too, man. You can put a little powder in the pocket. You know what I mean? You can put a little, mm-hmm. you can put some get right in there. You can put some sage in there. Say you just left, you know, you just, you, say you just left an encounter with, with one of those people that made you go, why the fuck did I do? You know what I mean? Like right when you came, you were like, why did I fucking, right? You throw some sage in your little, in your little testicle pocket, get the demons out of there. You know why they call it sheath, right? Because you sheath your sword. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do know, I do know that. I, um, is that the best name? Is that is that what you would have called it? I mean, it's successful, so yeah. I, don't, I think I would have called it something fun, nut buddy or something like that. <laughs> cock cock pocket, something like that. But you, no, cock pocket's pretty good. Yeah, but you can't cock get, you, you can't put cock on um. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard for marketing, though. You know. But anyway, pocket. I love it. I love I love them. I I really do. It's probably my most heavily endorsed. This is my most heavy-handed endorsement. And it's veteran owned. Um, and I, you know, and I'm all about a veteran owned business. Also, shout out to stunting like my partners. They always showing me love and they always sending me um, you know, let me sample stuff. So I really appreciate them. Also veteran owned, black owned. Um, man, we ain't gonna get to none That's of a this. Twofer. Um, yeah. But yeah, the banks, the, the anyway, the world is falling apart. Um, we should we should lay it out for people what happened with the banks. Oh yeah. Also, hey, listen. If you want some of those underwear, don't forget you can use off code BS for twenty percent off your first order. At uh, just click on the link on the bio. I guess that's not. I should wait. I should just do that in the ad read. Um, but yeah, we should we should lay it out what happened with the banks for people because people may not be aware, or they might just be sort of tangentially aware of what's going on with the banks. Um. Uh, okay. Well, I have no idea. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> I, I I know that. I know that the crypto bank failed, right? The, the, or the Silicon Valley based bank failed. Um, I know that. Uh, I know that the Trump era cutbacks on. The, so there, so so big banks have to undergo what they call stress tests, right? Mm-hmm. And the threshold for what considered from what your bank is considered to be big enough to have to. Hold on, I'm 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 going I'm going around. So the big banks have to undergo stress tests, which is basically the government coming in and making sure that you're not overextended, t- taking too many risks with everybody's investments, basically. Because that's all a bank is. They take your money, whatever money you're, they're holding for you, they gamble it. And mm-hmm. they can't, they have to, if it's so huge, they only allow to gamble so much of it. Because if they lose, they, they fuck up too much, too many people's money. So... It's, it's that kind of shit. And so the government has to come in and make sure that they, that they aren't taking overly risky investments and shit like that once they hit a certain size, right? And right. during the Trump era, they reduced those regulations 
to make that size, make that threshold larger. Right. Right? So basically meaning, I, I want to say it used to be $250 billion, <laughs> which is crazy. And that, and, and 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 I'm sorry, sorry. I'm, yeah, yeah. It used to be like 250 billion, and I think they made it. They raised it to, or maybe it was 150 billion, but they raised it to I, 500 billion, right? Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but essentially, the, the the there were three three banks in the United States, and then one in Switzerland, which is Credit Suisse. So Credit Suisse is a slightly different situation, but um, the three American banks were uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, and Silvergate. And never heard um, of never heard of any of those. Never heard. Of, I never. I, I never heard of any of those banks except Sil- Silicon Valley. But that was that was after they failed. I didn't hear. I've never heard oh, of okay. any of these banks before they failed. And I never heard of the other two. So yeah, Silvergate, Silvergate, and um, Signature were smaller. I think Silvergate was the smallest one. Then Signature, then Silicon Valley Bank is the largest one besides Credit Suisse, which is an which is a Swiss, a Swiss bank. So um, uh, essentially what happened was Silicon Valley Bank um, was the one that went under and went into receivership under the federal government. And the way that the FDIC works is to prevent bank runs, the government ensures... Wait, wait, what is depo- a bank run? A bank run is people, everyone was drawing all their money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens with, uh, with banks is, as you said, this, it's a little more complicated than this, but the simple version is that they take deposits and then they use that, those deposits as leverage to invest in other things. And so they don't have, uh, you know, if they have, let's say, a billion dollars under management at a bank, they don't have a billion dollars in cash in the bank vault, right? So if everybody shows up to withdraw their deposits on the same day, then they don't have the liquid assets, the cash, to give people their money back. So you have a liquidity crisis. So what happened in uh, the 1920s when there were bank runs is all these banks ran out of, ran out of cash and they went under. Um, and so people lost their deposits. So what the government did was they said, okay, we're going to insure deposits. But they only insured deposits up to $250,000. So, and the reason why is because that way, most people don't have more money than that to put in the bank. So... What ended up happening with Silicon Valley Bank is people were putting, there's all these venture capitalist backed businesses that had millions and millions of dollars um, in deposits in Silicon Valley Bank when, when there was a bank run that was precipitated by people, people like Peter Thiel who went and got their money out or sold their shares in Silicon Valley Bank. Um, and then he they, told everybody else to do it. And then he told, yeah, they got their money out and then they told everybody else to do it. And so all the people, all the market makers with millions and millions and millions of dollars, they got their cash out. They sold their shares in the bank. And then it trickled down until eventually once the bank failed, there were tons of people with businesses that had millions of dollars in the bank, but they couldn't get their deposits out. So the, the, in, in order to prevent a series of bank runs because that scares the shit out of people. And then they start going, well, maybe I should take my money out of this bank. Maybe I should take my money out of this bank. Maybe I should take my money out of this bank. In order to prevent that, like a system-wide bank run, the federal government stepped in and said, all of the depositors will be made whole. So essentially we will extend the insurance to all deposits beyond 
$250,000. Now, this wasn't a taxpayer-funded bailout because the money that makes those depositors whole isn't from, like... Right, it's the, from other banks. It's, it's from other banks. Right. The it's banks almost, have it's to... Almost like, it's almost like, um, like unemployment insurance. Like, your employer yes. pays into it. Yes. Right? It's not taxpayer money. Right. I get Correct. it. But but that's I think that's a that's a that's a very convenient way of looking at it. I mean, it is Oh, sure. It is taxpayer money. You know what I mean? It's like it's like sure, the the bank because this is what I'm saying. It's taxpayer money as much as unemployment is taxpayer money. You yeah. It comes from it well Yes and no, but I mean the the reality is like it, it's it's bullshit either way because they don't, they don't call it tax, but it's money that's collected by the government and held for just such an occasion, and and that money comes from who from the from people from the invest. It's just an indirect tax, you know. Uh, I'm I'm I wouldn't look at it that way because then everything is a tax like that then. Then, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean look, the per, price per, of gas going up is a tax, and it's like, no, that's not really a well, tax. The, well, the perfect, the perfect example, the perfect example. Well, well, what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to call it a tax for it to be taxpayer money, it, right? Like, like, like I said, a lot of people look at unemployment insurance as, ta- as, as, you know, as taxpayer money, right? But it really, I mean, it isn't. If we, if this isn't. Because it's it's not it's well, not, but but then but then everything is taxpayer money because it's all coming from people who pay taxes. What I'm saying is it's not paid out of the money that is collected from your paycheck, right? Right. It's paid out of right. a fund that's set aside that's collected from your employer indirectly, right? So the, it's, and this is the same thing, right? It's the it's each every bank pays into this fund, right? Supposedly, but the but so but so the bull the bullshit was like as you said. During the Trump years, the head of SVB argued for relaxing the regulations because, like you, they said, they stress test uh, banks based off of how large they are. Because the larger a bank is, then the more risk that if it fails, it will ripple out through the larger financial industry and then to the larger economy, right? right? So, so Silicon Valley Bank made the argument like, we shouldn't have to abide by these regulations because we're too small to present a systemic risk. Why don't they shoot right? this dude? That, uh, that, I don't know. That will stop all... Look, guys, because we've been through this before. Remember the savings and loan scandals in the 80s? Mm-hmm. We've been through this remember lots the, of times. Yeah, remember the two... Remember the two yeah, exactly. It's like, and you know, what, you know what happens? None of these, very few of these motherfuckers ever see prison time. Mm-hmm. I, they need to kill one of these motherfuckers. On TV, like on like stream it live pay per view. I will pay to see it. They need then. They, then they should take that money, and that should be what goes into the kitty for the FDIC insurance. Exactly, exactly. Like like because they know the risk that they're taking. They, these guys aren't stupid. It's it's not like the 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 head of of uh, of SVB thought he genuinely thought that his bank was too small for stress tests. He just wanted to be able to take bigger risks without the government stopping him. Bigger risks right. with other people's money. And right. and uh, look, the 
the fact that we may have headed off this crisis has nothing to do with what this motherfucker was intending to do or risking doing. Right. It, 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 what he was, what, if what, if this had been able to go to, if the FDIC hadn't stepped in and, and made those people whole, like you said, the effect is equivalent to like an act of terrorism. I mean, imagine imagine the ripple effect of mu- of multiple bank failures in a row. That's what this dude was risking. That, yeah. Punishable by death, I think. Punishable by death. They at least got to do him like they did Bernie Madoff. <laughs> that's that's minimum. But I say, okay, maybe death, maybe that's extreme. But somebody, they somebody should beat the fuck out of them in front of in front of everybody. He just seems to be made. They just need to make a, a, an example out of him in whatever way is is possible. You know. Yeah, man. Because that's what we need. That's we what need, it comes down to. We need a bank terrorist. Because you know, cause you know, that's what that's the message that. The, <laughs> damn, I guess I sound like the Taliban now. That's the message they was trying to send by going by by crashing into the World Trade Center. I I think they just had. I think the outside world has a has a unnuanced view of american culture that and i guess that i guess that's true of everyone with every culture it's like it, it's easy to take a general view of the culture from outside the country but all the nuance is lost on you if you don't actually live there so so i think i think there's a way to go about hurting bankers that most people will be on board with i don't know who the head of svb is but if we could just like waterboarding um you know, in Central Park or something like that. Because, Greg Becker. Because this is my problem with this shit, right? Is that so they're making everybody whole, but they're not punishing the behavior. They're not punishing this behavior, so it's going to happen again. That's why it keeps happening again and again and again and again. Mark my words, within the next five years, the housing bubble is going to bust again. You know why? Because we didn't do anything to stop it from happening again. It almost brought, it brought the world to its knees. We didn't do nothing to stop it. Because you, what you just described is very, very similar to China's runaway problem with their with their evergreen and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Because in 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 China got into this habit of not allowing banks to fail, and they made it very public because they wanted to spark, you know, economic activity. They they wanted them to take more risks, so they were like, "We'll cover the losses," but then but then. It, it, and it worked. Their economy exploded, but then it got out of control because the risks you're willing to take. Think about the risk you're willing. You would be willing to take if you knew you would that there would be no consequences. Right. Like, like think about think about the think, th- think about think about think about how you gamble your own money at a casino. Now think about how you might gamble somebody else's money at a casino. Now think about how you might gamble somebody else's money. If you got a share of the winnings and if you lost, the casino would cover you. Right, right. So you walk out you walk out with your money no matter what. That that's what right. that's that's the message we're sending. Is that no matter what risks you take, you don't have to take any losses. It Because guess what? That motherfucker's still rich, I bet you. The CEO oh, yeah. of SCB, he still got all his motherfucking money. Well, they all they got all their money out first. They sold Whoa, millions and millions bro, of dollars worth of shares. Bro, come on, think about so that. So the only, the only, the only people who are left holding the bag here 
are the retail investors that own shares of SVB. Bro, listen, I don't know. That's the only people people left holding the bag. Listen, I'm not, you know, y'all know me. Y'all know me. I don't advocate violence. (laughs) But if I were one of these retail investors, um, the audio people didn't see me wink. Um, I would pool, I would take my, once the FDIC check came in, I would pool with everybody and we would hire an assassin to get this motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> a message mm-hmm. got to be sent. I mean, yeah, yeah, they lucky. Yeah, they lucky. You know what's wild? Because a, a homie of mine tried to get me into the crypto shit. You know what I'm saying? He made he made a nice little bag off of it, and yeah. and I need and I and I was perfectly positioned to do so. But it was it wasn't crypto though. It was uh, it was like the central land. It was like the the real estate shit, the digital real oh, estate. Yeah. And they made a lot of good money off it. And 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 I and I imagine. And, and the only reason I said no, because he explained it to me, he made a lot of money from it, but I didn't understand it. You know, I didn't understand it to the point where I could obsess over it the way he was. And it's like, and so I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just going to focus on this comedy shit. You know what I mean? But, you know, lucky for y'all, God bless stand-up comedy, because if I didn't have this and I had invested, if my money was in that bank, I'm telling you, I'd be organizing a hit on this dude. So he he better count his lucky stars that I didn't invest. At least I would be trying to. It probably wouldn't work. You know what I'm saying? Because people, it's a lot, it's a bunch of bootlickers out here. It's like, yeah, but that isn't right. This dude was ready to send you and your whole family to the poorhouse because, like you said, a lot of a lot of because because um a lot of Americans are very dismissive when it comes to like rich people. You know, when it comes to that. But but here's the thing, man: millionaires ain't rich people. You know what I mean? No. No. Now, no. once you start, once you hit the, they're well, rich, but they're not wealthy. Exactly. That's what I mean. A, a, a rich person is not a wealthy person. So, but but I think we conflate the two a lot because sometimes I say fuck the rich or eat the rich, and I mean wealthy. But yeah, but yeah. but until you hit the, until you hit the hundred million dollars, maybe fifty million dollars, so you hit the tens of millions. You're not rich. You're you're not. That's not generational wealth. That's not like. Because there's a certain level of rich that you hit in America where you can never be poor again, you know, unless you piss off every right. other rich person. Like the, the the system is just set up so you can't ever you can't ever lose money if you play the game correctly. Once you hit a certain amount of money, and a, a couple million dollars is not that, you know. I, I you know I would say maybe fifty, sixty, seventy million. Once you hit about around there, boom, then you then you can start to get, begin to get the ball rolling. And so when you hear and so it's easy to lump, like the the word millionaires is very dismissive because because it's levels to millionaire and and you can't lump them all the same. You know what I mean? So so my yeah, point yeah. is somebody 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 who owns a house that's worth one point two million dollars in a place like L A or Austin or New York or right. whatever. They're not a, they're and not, they they're they're not. It's not that's not the same thing as somebody who has thirty million dollars because they uh uh. They own shares in oil reserves or something. Exactly. That sells or, to seventy. Or, or like a Rothschild that just has money yeah, you can't yeah. even define. So my point is, when you hear that the victims of this are millionaires, make no mistake, these are not. Um, these are not the sort of millionaires that this is not the flavor of millionaire where, that where they aren't victims. You know what I mean? These are people that like. 
put their whole life savings into something they thought was going to work. You know, or right. maybe, maybe, not, maybe not their whole life savings because that wouldn't be a smart move. But you know what I'm saying? Like the millions, the, 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 the wealthy people got their money out and left the people that were basically small business owners, for, for, for lack of yeah. a better term, left them holding the fucking bag. And they ain't, they ain't rich where you like, oh, they'll be fine. Fuck them. You know, maybe some of them, or are. Or, 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 or or even if, even if they are, their employees certainly aren't, right? Because that that was that was one of the big issues is a lot of people had their payrolls uh, through SVB. So, yeah. well, see, so, well, so some of the views might understand this too. Um, so almost every business takes out loans every month to for operational costs and payroll. So so it's so it's not like if I make if I don't, if I'm running a business if I'm running a business I don't you know and I make ten thousand dollars today well that that money isn't what's going to pay the employees I take out a loan to pay the to pay all the bills and then pay the loan off with profit you understand what I'm saying yeah every every business operates this way and the bigger they are the more the more likely it is. So I mean, there there are, there are cash flow businesses. So so like so for instance, you you hear um, where somebody's like, oh well, my company had nine million dollars, let's say, in an account at SVB, and they might be a cash flow business where that's not borrowed money, that's actually cash oh, yeah. flow, but that's going that's going to pay rent, that's going to pay insurance, yeah. that's well, going it's, to pay. It's either it's like earmarked pay, money, like a like escrow, yeah, right, like it's yeah. So, yeah, so some and, businesses do that. They take their they take the profit and they set it aside in a in an account that's for a certain purpose. Yeah, so that yeah. That, that happens. Uh, but my point and is so, And so and so the, the the danger was that Tuesday was going to hit and checks were supposed to go out to pay people their salary and it was going to be for a bank that had closed down. And so they just weren't going to get their paychecks, you know. Yeah. That that's that's the people that's the people that were going to be left holding the bag if the federal government yeah. didn't step in. I think this dude should get the FDIC death penalty. He should get the death penalty. I agree. For, for for him to have take took take because isn't this a, isn't this a a, a a trend we see the same thing happened to Enron mm-hmm. CEO was telling everybody everything was fine while he was taking his while he was selling his shares and then they go under all these people's pensions all these people, it was because they didn't they didn't make them whole I don't know what the fuck we did with them but I think we just like fuck it you fuck it people lost everything ex- but the, except the guy that did it all. Why One of the greatest. Go ahead. Why does? Why can't we at least take all this dude's money? We should be able to. Yeah. Why can't we find child porn on his computer? <laughs> why can't this guy Epstein himself? Uh, that, that would be a that would be a shot across the bow. Um, if he if he Epstein himself. Yeah. What do you mean? Lock himself in a room and die perfectly legitimate means. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one of the greatest tricks that, uh, I, I don't want to say it's not the right contingent because it's just like, it's just like the pro capitalism contingent, which is not necessarily the exact same thing as right, right wing. But one of the greatest tricks that they've pulled is they have conflated all business owners into like one class when that's not really the case. They're, the people that are in at the top levels of finance and banking and energy and real estate are playing a fundamentally different game from somebody who you know owns a 
owns a restaurant or uh, a car wash or something like that, right? Because when you're at that level, when you are involved in a BlackRock or an SVB or a JP Morgan Chase or something like that, you are able to use government to socialize the risks and the failures, but privatize the successes and the profits. And those opportunities are not, those options are not available to somebody who just owns a normal business. Right. And so, and so, and so what ends up happening is like, there's all these bootlickers that come to the defense of these bankers and shit because they, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to make a little bit of money and like pay for their kids college or buy a house or whatever. And they think, oh, they're just, they're like me. They're just like trying to make a buck. And it's like, no, they're not like you. They're not like you. They're, they would, they would sell their own mothers for profit. They will poison every single waterway for profit. Right, they will shut down every business necessary to make a profit. Yeah, they're different than you. They're psychopaths. They're psychopaths. They're fucking psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, you know, and there's only one thing that psychopaths understand, and that's self-interest. And we need to make it so that it's in their self-interest not to do this shit, or else their fucking heads get chopped off. I wish there was a drug or in Minecraft or a procedure where you could, where you could literally see things from someone else's perspective because because I, I i i would love to just for t- 10 minutes be able to think be able to to know how someone cuz there's there's people that like vehemently defend uh giant conglomerates and shit like because like it's unfair to walmart like you know what i mean those kind of people there's people that have said that kind of shit it's unfair it's like what the fuck are you like because you know that's the most cursed uh, opinion that you that someone can have <laughs> right won't someone won't someone think about walmart <laughs> yeah this is the take and I've, I've seen it i've seen it numerous times and it's and it's every time I see it, I'm surprised. I always think, oh, this person's this person's trolling or whatever. But no, there's people that legitimately. You, and here's the thing: it's not like they're the owner of some other big box store. You know, it's not like right. You know, it's not like the, they're temporarily embarrassed millionaires, though. Yeah, it's it, right. It's these people that like. <sighs> I just want to know because 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 the only alternative is to attribute reasons to them. And that's and that that makes that makes us all feel better, but it's really you know, it's really just a just a just another level of straw manning, right? It's a, it's like because because my imagination is not capable, like my logic thinking brain is not capable of coming up with a reason why you would think that that way. And so I have to so then I have to go to all my illogical reasoning. And and I think that's unfair to this other person because I don't know if that is their reason. I'm just trying to make mm-hmm. sense of it to me. But I would love to like really know, really feel it. Like I would love to think just think like them for 10 minutes and take notes. Can they even take notes? 
Can the sort of person that goes, think of Walmart. Can they, could they, do they self-reflect? Do, because like well, I said, but it, it's easy to think, oh, they think one day I, I might be Walmart. I mean, one day we're all going to be Walmart. You know? Everyone's going to be named Walmart and we're going to just have a number assigned to us. Have you ever read the book Jennifer Government? <laughs> no. It's a it's a great book. It's uh, Max. Uh, shit, I can't remember his name. Uh, let's see, Jennifer Government. But basically, it's a it's a it's a kind of a, a Max Berry. It's a um, kind of comedic sci-fi book, which is like this hyper libertarian future, where um, basically your last name is like who owns you. So there's like you know my name would be like Rob Mattel, and you'd be like Brian Burger King. Or whatever and so the main character is this girl uh this woman jennifer government and she works for the government but in this world like the government is basically like the weakest institution in the country uh but it 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 basically it, it it's a comedic take on the end scenario for this sort of just unfettered capitalism it's like idiocracy with a different angle yeah 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 it's like it's like idiocracy but it's it's capital uh free market capitalism uh run amok and it's it's a it's a actually very funny uh uh novel like i strong strongly recommend it but yeah it's i think i think that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with you know why do we still have why do we still have homeless people why do we still have people who can't get food and i think part of it is you know an individual might have any particular reason why they have their own political leanings but i think when you look at large numbers of people you can see an overarching narrative that they're buying into and i think part of it is that people especially in the tenuous middle class get some sort of psychological benefit from their being truly destitute people in their own society because then that justifies their position in the hierarchy Right, right. You know, it it, 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 it's 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 the reason why again going back to that century of the self documentary, which I'm only bringing up again because I literally just watched it. But they talk about how in the '90s, um, the Democrats, um, well, Bill Clinton specifically, you know, he had won in '92, and then he got the Democrats got their ass kicked in '94, and so he was running. Bill Clinton was running for re-election in '96. And they really just went hard in the paint for all the suburban v- white voters, right? Because those were like the swing yeah, voters. That was the whole and so, super predator shit, right? Yeah, there's the super predator shit. And they were like looking at what do people care about? And they, they, they realized that like, well, people care about, they want less crime. They were obsessed with crime because black people were committing crimes or whatever the fuck. <laughs> right. And it was scaring white, white ladies. And then they also, uh, they didn't like welfare. So that's where welfare reform came from. Right. Because all of these like middle class white people were like, well, I don't want to give. That's what that's where that whole terminology. Oh, it's a hand up, not a handout where it's like after two years, welfare dried up for you. Right. And so the idea was that, oh, if we if we just pay people welfare, then they don't have the incentive to go work. You know what I love? Right. You just gave me a good idea. How about, okay, instead of us murdering this guy, because that's not going to happen. What if everyone just started treating bankers the way suburban white moms treated black people in the 90s? Like, 
<laughs> you know, like if you got any cash on you and you see a banker or somebody that look like a banker or somebody that's dressed like a banker, you fucking cross the street. You Like you, because they, they scare me to death. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but they terrify me. And when I see somebody in a three-piece pinstripe suit in the daytime with a briefcase, I don't feel safe. I'm crossing the street. I'm not giving them. I'm not giving them no rides. Um, I don't. In fact, I don't think they should be welcome at our restaurants. But that, but you know what? I'm not, I'm I'm not going to take it that far. But but I'm I, we we got to ostracize these motherfuckers. No, that's impossible too because they can always you know because they 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 tip they tip thirty bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they already tip like shit. Yeah, and that's another thing. These motherfuckers don't tip. Can you believe a rich person that don't tip? Which is another thing. Joe Rogan always tips, over tips, which you which you rarely see. That's good shit. It, you rarely see that from rich people. Like, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I remember when we when when uh, when I worked at the store. Whenever whenever they knew he was coming in, they called it up. So the the so there's a door guy that parks cars in the parking lot, mm-hmm. um, and they called it a Rogan lot because they knew they were gonna get, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever the fuck it was, and nobody else. Tipped that much, you know. Chappelle always tipped, um, but the thing is, they ain't even have to park his car. In fact, I think he didn't want anybody to touch his car, which is mm. so he was like, "Hey, take this money, don't let." You know, same thing. He would tip the fuck out of the bartender, tip the fuck out of the waitress, because it's like you can. And so it's weird to me when you meet people that have way more money than Joe Rogan, and they'll turn around and give you five dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Delta, it is like, hey, motherfucker, you could you could tip me an amount of money that would change my life. You could give me a thousand dollars, and it would be nothing to you. You probably just made a thousand dollars while we were talking. Yeah, you know, and then it's like, yeah, but then, but then you wouldn't have no incentive to work. You know, here's a quarter. I, you know, that when I worked <laughs> when I worked at the uh, at the gro- at a grocery store, this was my my teenage years. The grocery store, and I, and I remember I started out. Um, uh, I was taking carts to the to the lot. Like t- that wasn't even my job, but I was just doing it this day to uh, yeah, to, yeah. To, to help out. And this old lady just in, she needed help. She begged. For, blah, blah. This bitch had about she had about five hundred pounds worth of food. You know what I mean? Like like. Three or four shopping carts full to the brim. Shit falling out. I don't know if she was shopping for a fucking prison or what the fuck. But we 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 helped move all this shit over to this big ass van and, and one by each piece polish into the van. You know, it took my. I mean, it was definitely more work than one would do for the average person. I mean, right. normally I wouldn't help you take your shopping cart. No motherfucking way. My job was to go grab the carts when you left them in the parking lot because you're a piece of shit, right? Okay. And, and, you know, but, you know, the unspoken rule was, you know, if someone needs your help, you know, you help them out, they throw you a buck or two or whatever, right? Sure, sure. This lady turned around and tipped all of us 50 cent. Like... And and, and you should never you should never tip somebody with money that makes noise. That's a rule. That's cr- exactly. That's crazy. Unless that noise is <laughs> crinkle, 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 crinkle. Yeah, but 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 
that sort of shit. It's, it's that sort of shit. Like so, basically, like this this woman was able to afford probably three or four thousand dollars worth of food. You know what I mean, this bitch has steak, shrimps, grade A eggs, like all that. And she turned around and, t- and between the three of us, she gave us she she tipped a dollar fifty for us to carry all this shit to her car. You know, th- th- this th- is those sorts of people where it's like, and there's people that have billions of dollars, you know, and they'll go, you know, they'll go to some nice restaurant and and, and tip. Five bucks. We gotta I mean, start. We need a website for these motherfuckers. We gotta start calling these people out or something. Why do I want revenge so badly? They 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 need the to get their, that they understand. They need to get their fucking comeuppance, dog. That's the word of the yeah. day, comeuppance. Well, here's here's the reality. I think that I'm gonna give I'm gonna give people a little bit of optimism at the end of this episode because. Watching that documentary and just other historical stuff, you know, there are points in history where it gets so bad, it gets so untenable that things do change. And then we go through a period of, you know, unprecedented growth and productivity, right? And um, and and then and then and then it gets and then it and then it falls apart again, and then we end up where we're at right now, and then it just the cycle repeats itself, right? But but we went through in the 1920s and 1930s, well, the end of the very end of the 1920s and then through the 1930s, we went through the worst economic disaster in American history and people were spitting on bankers in the fucking street. Bankers were jumping out of fucking windows, killing themselves, like taking the, you know, sometimes the trash takes itself out, right? I mean, if I had the, I I wish I had the constitution to to become like a banker serial killer. You know, yeah. Well, we got the New Deal, but then that also we, you know, but th- those Ooh, the circumstances. That's, were a, f- that's a that's a TV show, dude. What the New Deal? Like a, like a Dex, like a Dexter, who's like a banker who kills oh, other yeah. bankers. And I leave a little Monopoly Man monocle on your corpse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this motherfucker's been been leaving little pewter ships and <laughs> shoes and race cars on everybody. Right, and then I and then I'll be like, I guess he passed go. Or whatever, like I, like something. I don't know what my catchphrase would be, but it would be something badass before I, before I free parking the bitch go out. Yeah, yeah, free parking. You son of a bitch! Don't park on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, they need it. They need they need because that's what people want. People need to feel like because like the same thing happened in the two thousand eight crisis, right? It's like. It's like the 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 politicians want you to feel better about the fact that it didn't all collapse. We want a verge of collapse, yeah. and they stopped it. But that's not the American way. We need blood. We need to know that somebody fucking paid for it. That somebody yeah. paid a price for trying to fuck with our money. And then it maybe it doesn't matter who, because because this is what's so funny to me. When it comes to big money crimes and shit like that, they don't even they won't even make one sacrificial lamb. Like make at least one person the face of the shit. Throw you know? somebody to the wolves. Yeah, like the way they did Bernie Madoff. When I mean the way they did uh, uh who's the Harvey Weinstein? They made him the face of 
Because that's what Hollywood wants you to believe, that since Weinstein's in prison now, there's no more sexual predators with power. <laughs> it's like they all over the place. All the motherfuckers were having their little eyes wide shut parties and shit. One motherfucker going to jail didn't solve the problem. Trust me. Well, that's 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 literally what a scapegoat is, right? That's where the term scapegoat comes from is that's an old, I mean, it's not just Jewish, but yeah, that's but you a, put your sins old, into the goat. It's a Bronze Age notion where you put all your yeah. sins onto the one animal and then go slaughter that animal and it takes care of the sins of the entire community, right? You know what's worse than that is a whipping boy. You know what those are? Yeah. It's like it's like there would be, like if you say you were the prince or princess or whatever, it's like when you were being mischievous, you know, and you was you was assigned three lashings or whatever, but those lashings would go to another person. Like they had a whipping, yeah. a whip, a whipping boy or girl. I don't know if it was ever a girl. They had a whipping boy on the side, and he would get your ass whipping, you know. And so, I what think, a crazy job! Imagine that's your job. Wild job. But see, but then, but see, the whole politics of it was you would ingratiate yourself to the prince or the princess, mm-hmm. you know. So they would, they so they would beg for you to not get the ass whippings. What's 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 crazy though is like, I mean, we got to wrap it up. But you know, I remember reading this story about um, about the aristocrats during the French Revolution when they were being dragged to the guillotine to get their heads chopped off. And a lot of them were just confused. They were like, why is this happening? I don't understand. I thought you guys loved us. Like, we, we're, we're the reason why France is so great. Like, they <laughs> literally did not understand. They had no self-awareness <clears throat> to understand that people were starving in the fucking street because of them, right? Because they had extracted all this wealth from their own society, from their own community. I would And give. as they went, to, they died confused. If I had a time machine and we could do, you know, temporal tourism, you know, where you could, mm-hmm. where you could go back and watch key historical moments unfold, that would be one of my first stops. I would pay anything to hear the cries of the aristocracy the cries of confusion right before they got their heads chopped off. Even though I don't even speak French, but you know how, you know how right like right now the there's like a there's like rap in all these other different languages, and even though mm-hmm. you don't understand the language, you could be like, oh that boy's spitting. You know, it's the same thing. It's like I don't need to hear it. I know I don't need to understand it. I know what it. You know, just with they were just bonjour, what the boy. Push it with the boy. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the last part were like. <laughs> the confusion is like it's like garg it's like gargles because the blood is filling up there. Shunk. Yeah. Oh God. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should pay. You should pay the price. And may- but well, here's the thing though. Do you have any empathy for them at all? If they were truly ignorant, do you have any empathy? Yeah, I mean if somebody's just born into that and that's all they know and they are truly confused by it then i do have some i do have some empathy for them but i also think that for a lot of them they have a vested interest in sort of keeping themselves ignorant right right it's it's, it's, it's like the C, it's like the ceo of enron was like i didn't know isn't it well right. how all the ceos always say they didn't know <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when the Waltons are like, wait, wait, what do you mean our employees are on food stamps? 
What? Like, I, I had that. no idea. Who was responsible for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, like you said, I do. I have some sympathy for the people, but not enough to stop that guillotine from falling. My sympathy is yeah. not stronger than gravity, bitch. See you in the next one. Um, okay, that's this, wow. That's two episodes in a row that have ended kind of dark, Rob. And um, I don't know. I think this is gonna. I think. I think. I think this is a trend. I like how I, I, like how I tried to make it optimistic, and then it just ended up <laughs> us being bloodthirsty motherfuckers talking about chopping people's heads off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just somebody, just somebody, somebody should die proverbially or literally. I would take either one, honestly. Yeah. Public shame. We don't even know this motherfucker's name. This SVB guy. I think we got away from him. Becker. We talk- Becker. Becker. We talking about Becker. This motherfucker probably on vacation. Is he even being charged with any crimes? Not yet. Not yet. (sighs) Not yet. Okay, well, we'll see. I think there will be blood. He's in Hawaii. He's in Hawaii right now. I'm looking at an article right now. Ex-SVB CEO Greg Becker jets to Hawaii after collapse. Mm, Typical Howley activity. Um, I don't. I think that's. I feel like with the, it's it's wild to me that a rich white dude would go to Hawaii. They hate white people over there. Yeah, you know, makes yeah, you be, stay on the right nice island, he, boy. Maybe, maybe he could have a fucking snorkeling accident. I don't know. Man, I hope something because they never they never pay. They never pay. God. Anyway, especially the, especially what's so funny too is the party of accountability always letting these motherfuckers slide. Yeah, but that's just that's just PR. And then, and then even party e- of accountability. Yeah, even liberals, even you know, we make excuses for these motherfuckers. You know, yeah. o- Obama and uh, Biden. None of these, none of them are pushing. The, you don't hear any of them talking about heads will roll or none of that shit. They just wanted to go away because the, the one thing that both parties agree on is that billionaires must be protected at all costs. Right, more than babies, more than the average citizen, more than. The economy, the real economy. The real economy, yeah. Yeah, I just, man, it's hard for me not to be cynical, man. You know, so, man, I should have just started doing drugs and partying, man. Because it's it's a wrap. It's about to get wrapped up out here. You know? Yeah. It's hard for me to, like, eat healthy and all that other stuff like it's a future. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, a, I'm out here, why, why am I acting like there's a future? Because I, I don't think there is. I really don't. I'm having I'm having a kid in a couple of months, and it's like <laughs> I'm just like I'm just gonna be like, fucking good luck. I have fun out there. Yeah, your your kids' middle name should be well. <laughs> I guess no, no. I mean, like I said, you know, your kid will be fine. His kids or her kids, they're fucked for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. the last one. This the last. This our last go round. Okay, we're on the last boat. Let's All wrap right, it man, up. Let's guys. wrap it up. Yeah, thank y'all for listening to BS with Brian Simpson. Uh, man, this this gonna be you know there's some people 25. that look, some people that love the long episodes. This is gonna be probably the longest episode we've ever done. Um, uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us BS with Brian Simpson at gmail.com. Um, if you really want to support the podcast, don't forget just you know buy something from one of the sponsors. That is the best way to support. Um, uh, also, for the people that responded to well, way more people than I thought, 
yeah. responded to the call for an intern and an editor and all that other stuff. Uh, we're, we are, we're going through those yeah, right now. Yeah, we're going through them right now, and we will definitely be replying to uh, everyone. Even if we don't pick you, I'll still say thanks for, you know, that kind of shit. Um, but I'm just very, very busy. But I, we are reading the shits. Um, thank yeah. you again. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's everything. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>